Okay, so we're in the beginning of Pashas Miketz, Pergnum Aleph Pasuk Aleph Vayhi Miketz. We spoke about that last week. And now we're going to talk about the next. We're going to continue the Pasuk. Miketz was Shnasayim <coughs> Yamim. Okay, so what does the word Shnasayim Yamim mean? So. I want to tell you Ben Rambam and the Benetzer. Ben Rambam says like this. Shana, says Ben Rambam, means a lunar year, which has Shin Nun Hei, days, 355 days. So by adding the word Yamim, we mean that the lunar years were filled out and were actually completed with the extra days necessary to make it into a solar year, which is called, a solar year is called Yamim, because the sun is visible by day. So that's why a solar year is called Yamim, all the days. The Benezer says the same thing, that Yamim means it was a complete year, meaning a solar year. But he says that a solar year is called Yamim because the same exact day repeats itself in terms of the length of the day and the night um, every solar year, 365 days later. And that's why a solar year is called Yamim. We get back to the same day. So the point is it was a full two years. Okay, so then the question becomes, of course, What's the point of this? Why is this significant? Why is it necessary? Why is it interesting or part of the story that it was after a full two years lapsed? So I don't know, but I would suggest the following. We spoke about that Paray is a Melech Zokin Chsil, Pasukin Kehelis, right? He's the old and foolish king. He becomes old, he forgets that he's born, came from somewhere. And forgetting that leads him to not be aware of the fact that you can lose everything, as we discussed the last year of Pashas Ayeshev. So And he's excelled. Of course, he becomes foolish as he becomes old. So, Mikait Shasayim Yamim Parechoilim. As he gets old, he has the following dream. It follows from the fact that it's Mikait Shasayim Yamim. But the point about being two years could be like this that. Two years passed, that's indicating that things got old. Because after this Yom Huledes, the same exact thing happened, not once, but twice. And that's when it get, becomes old. Because it keeps on, it repeated itself subsequently. Also, of course, the Pasuk and Tehillim we talk about, that at Ace Vaidvare, the time had to come. So there's when the time comes, that's Mikit Shasayim Yom, and there's the till the time comes, 
when it's not the eights, it's not the kates. Um, and the point of the Pasuk is, look, year after year, past, and nothing happens. In other words, one year passing, okay, one year passing, every day of the year has its nature, and you miss the opportunity for something, perhaps next time. The fact is that it happens year after year means, okay, it's not the ace yet. Okay, now we also spoke about the Pasuk in Kehelas that talks about all the people who join the Yedlat Hashem. This is all in Kehelas. Perek um, Dalid. Right in Perek Perek Dalid, Pasuk Yud Gimel and on, it talks about the young, impoverished, and wise man is better than the old and foolish king who no longer knows how to be careful because he left the jail to become king and was born in his kingdom in an impoverished way. We spoke about Yasef. And then Pasuk Tezvav there talks about all the living thing, beings who join the second young man, the second Yelad, that stands in his stead. And then talks about Ain Kates, as we spoke about last week. But that Pasuk is saying that all the living join the Yelad Hasheni. Everyone joins the second Yelad that replaces the king. So the king gets to be replaced with a Yelad, and everyone goes to the side of the Yelad. Everyone joins him. And that's what happens with Yosef. The king, the Melchizedek and Uxil, doesn't know how to maintain the um, economy, take care of his country. Yosef does, so everyone, as it were, joins Yosef, right? Then Pari says, you all have to go to Yosef. Whatever he tells you to do, that's what you have to do. Everyone goes over to Yosef, as it were, from Pari. Okay? And there the Pasuk says, the Pasuk calls him the Yelad Hasheni. So the Medrash, in fact, says that the Yelad Hasheni is Yosef, and the Medrash connects it to Mikesh Nasayim Yami. It's called the Yelad Hasheni because he only became king after Shnasayim Yamin. So I would say the Pshat is like this. When the Pasuk and Kels calls him a Yelad Hasheni, by calling him the Yelad Hasheni, that in indicates that we don't really need him. Right? He's the second. It means he's not another person. He's Yelad Hasheni. There's the Iker and there's the Yelad Hasheni. And that's why he's always at risk of being forgotten. and Yosef. So the Miketz Shnasayim puts him in the position of being the Sheni. The Hainu, he can easily be forgotten about. Year after year can pass when nobody thinks about him. Clearly, despite the fact that Yosef is so important for Mitzrayim, he is also, from a certain perspective, the Yelad Hasheni that no one remembers, as the Pasuk talks about there. Gam etc. Okay. Okay, there's other Pesukim about not being remembered. You have to look into that. Okay, now I saw also in the Tzor HaMar, Maram Saba, it says a great Pshat. He says, if you look at the last Pasuk, in Parashas Vayeshev, in general, Tzor HaMar has wonderful Pshatim. 
And a lot of times it says things that are similar to what we discussed. But I say if I don't own it, but I have to look it up and use it because he really always has great things. So Amar was the grandfather-in-law of the Beis Yosef. He was from the Megurshe Svarad. He was born in 1440, I think. Anyway, so the last Pasuk in Pasha Yeshev says that Sahamashkim didn't remember Yosef and he forgot him. So he says that's referring to the two years. Because year number one, Velay Zachar. Okay, but then when year number two rolls around, you might think that he would remember him. No, Kamashma Vayishkechei, the double thing. And I would add to that, that when is he supposed to remember him? When would you think the Samashkim should remember him? On the Yom Huledes. And Velay Zachar, Samashkim, Yosef Vayishkechei, first Yom Huledes, when he comes out, he's supposed to mention Yosef Velay Zachar. The next Yom Huledes rolls around, Vayishkechei. The third Yom Huladis rolls around, and this time, he, he mentions him again. Okay. By the way, another thing that the Torah says, we've spoke about this in the end of Ayeshev, where Yosef interprets a number of items in a dream as meaning that a certain number of years are going to pass, or days, or a certain amount of time, both in Pari's dream and the Sarmashkin's dream, which, which suggested to us that Yosef seeing 11 stars would also be something about years, right? So, in fact, the Torah says this, but he says, I don't know why it doesn't occur to us. He says, 11 stars plus the Shev Shemech, that's 13. In 13 years, Yosef is going to become, is going to rise to power. Because Yosef was 17 when he was Roy and he was 30 when he came to power. Perfect. So that's the Acharas HaKechavim and the Shev Shemech, because um, items, or, or maybe perhaps multiple items, in a dream, refers to time. Okay, so Mikich Nasayimam Ufar Eicholim, and Pare was dreaming. So you have to read this like this: Before the Sarim were dreaming, and now Pare is dreaming. And then you could take that contrast a little further. When the Sarim had their dreams, it didn't help Yosef. When Pare has his dream, it helps Yosef. So there's a contrast over here. Okay, you needed Pare to have his dream till Yosef can get his Yeshua, and we're going to talk about that. There's something significant about that. Of course, Parai dreams like as Yosef did about food. And as we shall see, that these dreams are in fact in a way about Yosef and will be beneficial to Yosef, not just because he's going to have the opportunity to interpret them, but they, they refer to Yosef in a deeper way too. Okay, Vihine, as we'll see soon. Vihine oimed al hayar. So that means that Parai was standing beside the River, like the Pasuk says, Allah of Matimanasha Al means adjacent to. And Mr. Radak makes this point. So here it says, Oymid al Hayyar, which is like in Pari's repetition, Pasuk Zayin, Oymid al Sfas Hayyar. Al Hayyar means next to the river on the Sfas Hayyar. Um, standing next to the river is important because that's where, that's where things grow. And we see in the next Pasuk, the cows come out from the river and they graze on the Achul. And it's not just that this place to... Okay, we'll talk about that soon. Why is it significant that things grow on the edge of the river? But that's what the edge of the river... The river banks are where things grow. And um, that's where the Ochu is. The reeds. We see this too in Yeshai. In Yeshai Pergud Tess, there's an oracle, a masa, directed at Mitzrayim. And Yeshai Pergud Tess has many parallels to our Pasha which we will see later, just to go through that a little bit. 
But for now, I want to point out to Perak Yutes, it's, it's this thing about Mitzrayim and the river is going to dry up, it says in Pasuk Hey, in Yeshaya. And there it says in Perak Yutes, Pasuk Zayin, that the things that grow al yor, orois al yor, api yor, the things that are misore, take root. Some say it means the, the things that grow there will be destroyed. Al yor, al pi yor. So the things that are al or al and all the things that are nizra by the yar will be dried up. And therefore, Mitzrayim is going to suffer great calamity. So what I'm showing you is that in Yeshai, we have al being synonymous, basically, with al Because yar has a safa, a lip, or a pet, which means an edge. And things grow there on the Sfasi or or al or or al and it's all one and the same thing similar to in our parasha where we have paris emet al and later that's called the Sfasi the paris stand al and that's where things are in fact growing as you would expect so what's the significance of the fact that paris on the earth because that's where the whole wealth of mitzrayim depends on the earth and that's you get to the next pasuk sheva paris there are there are seven paris that are ascend, ascended from the ur. So now we have the idea of the ur being the source of Mitzrayim's wealth, but not just the river being the source of Mitzrayim's wealth, but in a very specific way. The way the river was the source of Mitzrayim's wealth was because the river would be oile, as it says in Omois Perik Ches Pasik Ches. We spoke about this Pasik last week about the river being oile. And how it ties into our Pasha and other places that the Nile River would overflow its banks. So the Parais being Oilais Min Hayar is a perfect symbol for the wealth that comes from the river by virtue of the fact that the Yar itself is Oila. Okay? Sheva Parais, Yifais Mara Uvriya Isbasa, Vatir Eno Ba'ahu. So they grazed. Now, just to show you in the dreams, right? There's two dreams, of course. There's the seven fat cows, seven skinny cows, seven fat stalks, and seven thin ones. And in each case, the seven thin ones consume the seven fat ones. But here, we have an additional fact about the cows that we don't have about the stalks, which is that they grazed in the reeds or in the swamp that they ate. So why is it significant that they're eating? So one reading is like this. The cows, the, the grain stands for the seven years of grain. How do the seven fat cows stand for seven years of what? They stand for seven years of good growth because vatir and abahu. So it's the cows eating which in, and make, becoming fat because they eat, right? The, the porous roys don't graze. In Pasigimos, the Paris Royce consume the Paris Fights So the, the the fat cows are fat because they're Roya in the Ahu, which means there's going to be plenty of grain, plenty of growth due to the river on the Svasayar. Okay, so that's what the significance of the Paris eating. What's the, or another way to read the Paris is that Paris plow, and after you plow, the grain grows. So first there's cows and then there's grain. 
and that Radak says this too, and the Ramban says that that's the point of Yosef saying that for another five years it's not going to be Harish the Katsir. Harish is what you do with cows, and then Katsir is the symbolism of, of course, the Tvur. Okay. Now I want to show you something very interesting, and this, these points I um, heard or read rather in, from in a paper that Ramnachem Levine wrote, where he showed that this Lashinus in this dream narrative that Par is having, which take us back to Yosef and in fact even to Rachel. Okay, but Tirena Ba'ahu in the Par's dream story takes us back to the beginning of last parish of Ayeshev, where it says. Yosef was Roya es Echov. Okay? Now he has Yefois Mare. He has he sees things that are Yefois Mare. And um you know, the way he describes it later, they are Yefois Toyar. The only two individuals who are called Yefe Toyar, Yefe Mare, or Yefas Toyar and Yefas Mare are Rochel and Yosef. And Paris is Sheva Paris Acherois. And Yosef, and I'm sorry, Yaakov worked for Sheva Shonim Acherois, for Rachel. Okay? And the Medrash makes the point of Sheva Paris, and Yosef is the Bain Pairos, who's able to be Paiser in a very specific way related to the Paris, the Medrash says. So there are allusions here to. Yosef himself. And of course, we spoke about the fact that Yosef was Yifei Toi Yifei Mare, even though he didn't eat the lechem. He only ate plants because he's in Mitzrayim, right? Like Daniel would only eat Zeroinim. And yet Yosef is Yifei Toi Yifei Mare, like the Paris that are Raya in the Ahu, and they do just fine by munching on the grass that goes in the Ahu. Similarly, Yosef could be Yifei Toi Yifei Mare on a diet of plants okay so then this dream in a sense brings us right back to Yosef and again so Yosef is in the center of this dream itself now I want to explain to you a little more about this how this dream is about Yosef himself and then it will bring us back to um, the idea that this is our mashkim who could have done something about Yosef and didn't until Pari had his dream and then this Ramashkim comes back, okay? And brings back Yosef into the picture. So I want to show you that this is really about Yosef. If you look in Eiv Perkhas, Eiv Perkhas is from, is, is Bildad Hashuchi speaking. And what he says is that God doesn't corrupt justice, okay? And then he says like this. Basically, he says, I won't get to just desserts. And we're going to read from Pats and on. He says, Ask back to the previous generations, and they'll tell you. Now we're up to Pasuket Gimel. They'll tell you that if you have an ahu, it can't grow without mayim. If you have grass without a source of water, it will be, <coughs> it will end up drying out. Okay, so ahu needs your basically. And then it continues and says, those who forget Hashem, if someone is God, he is like the Ahu that doesn't have water, which eventually will dry out. 
And then it talks about Yishain al-Beisai He's unreliable. Yachasik b'Veloyakom. It's unreliable. So someone who is shecheach kale, he can have ahu. Means he could sprout, but there's no water source. So the marshal is a person's success when he's not rooted on Hashem is ephemeral and and um, unfounded, unrooted, therefore won't last, and is unreliable. Okay, so we're thinking about the Sarmashkim who was sheicheach. And served as, by the way, Mish Enes Kone. Remember, we spoke about um, the Pichesko Perkov test, when Mitzrayim is called the Mish Enes Kone Rotzitz. Well, of course, they're called the Mish Enes of a Kone, of a reed. A reed, because they're, they, they're, they're, a reed is perfect for Mitzrayim, right? Kone. Okay, I'm Suf. But um, here the marshal is that reeds need water, and otherwise, they're not reliable. Then the Pasigeniev talks about contrast that to a tzaddik. Tzaddik is always moist. And if he gets swallowed up, and someone denies the tzaddik and says, he'll eventually come back. He'll eventually sprout again. Of course, when you get the lechem, right? We spoke about that Yosef and Chomim, lechem and Chomim, and waiting for the schoik. So the message is like this. The ones who forget Hashem and are mekachesh in the tzaddik, the sheicheach and kichesh, and of course we have yeshkecheu and kachash and keitz, some lachoshech in the medrash, choshech, kachash and kichesh, and, and shochach are related. Um, the ones who forget kale, their grass will quickly shrivel. The tzaddik is the only one who, even if he's swallowed up, yeval enu, right? Here we have the fat cows were swallowed up. And even if someone denies him and says, I don't know you. Even then, eventually he'll come back. Okay? So, right, this idea about the river could dry up and the Ahu will be gone. And um, we spoke about Yeshaya Perikutas, where it talks about the river drying up of its rain. So basically, now the message of Pari's dream is that here you have a river, and of course the river has an ahu next to it, but you know that the, and the ahu has fat cows who feed on the ahu, but the whole thing, since the whole thing is based on the river, it's not based on kale, the shoycheche kale, you forgot God, because you forgot Yosef, who's like a god, he says, kim Yosef stands in for God, so they forget God. Forget God, instead you have your river. And this is all a very, very temporary and ephemeral and unstable kind of system where everything is based on the R because the R could disappear. Right? And remember it says in Eev, they could swallow him up. So if the cows get swallowed up and the cows were eating from the Ahu, and the Ahu grows on the Svasa Ya'ar, then maybe that suggests that the Ya'ar could disappear. That's very scary. This is the danger that, uh, that Pari's dream presents. And, in or- and the solution to this problem, the only one who can 
The only one who, even if he swallowed up, and even if he's forgotten, will come back, as it says in Eev, is the good guy, is the tzaddik. Hein kelo yimas tam. The tam won't be rejected by Hashem. Okay? So who do we need now? We need Yosef. So when the Sahamashkim, Sahamashkim doesn't just happen to know a good um, dream interpreter. Sahamashkim realizes that we forgot God. And the reason why the, the reason why the river is drying up, the reason why there's this portent of the possibility of the river to dry up, is because that's what happens to those who forget God. And we need someone who's going to, who is rooted in God, and therefore, even if he's swallowed up, well, as the Pasuk says in Yerfechaz, Ayin Sham, it's all very clear, even if he swallowed up, will eventually grow again. So Yosef is the cow, right? The Yifais Toyo Himar is in fact Yosef, who may be swallowed, may be forgotten, may be put back into a pit, but he's the one who will eventually spread again. So the Sahamashkim really knows two things. First of all, he recognizes that Mitzrayim is in big trouble, and it's all because of him, in a sense, because he wasn't Sheikh Yosef, and Mitzrayim needs Yosef. So Sahamashkim is not the hero who, who happens to have a good connection. The Sahamashkim did a terrible thing, and that's why the Sahamashkim says, Aschatoi Animazgir Hayyim, right? Aschatoi Animazgir Hayyim. Today I'm going to mention my sins. We have to get to that Pasuk and understand it well. But one, th- one thing to notice, of course, why is he saying that? So, yeah, it's Derech Eretz. Since he's mentioning something evil, he has to preface it and excuse it by saying, please excuse me, king, I'm going to mention something that I did wrong. That could be fine if I shouldn't say that. But it's, it's noteworthy that he's saying it's Chatoi Matzkir. And Chatoi is plural. What were the plural sins? Pare Kotzaf Alavadov. That's one. What's the other sin? So some say the sin is that he forgot Yosef. So the Medrash says the sin is that he waited till, till then. He should have told Pare right away. But according to this, that he forgot, his sin is that he forgot Yosef. He's not, he's not merely telling Parai, okay, I'm going to now tell you about a good dream interpreter I know, but I have to bring up something uncomfortable, something, something that I'd rather not speak about and it's perhaps not respectful to the king to speak about, but I'm going to excuse myself by saying it's not what it means. It means Samashkim is taking responsibility. He realizes that, oh no, what have I done? It's his forgetting Yosef. It's Vayishkachehu. Forgetting Yosef is forgetting God. And therefore, the next thing you know, Parah is Oymid al and all there is is the river. And there's no God, there's just a river. And the river could dry up. And the Ahu could go. And the Parah could go. And the only way we can get a, um, a guaranteed Eichel is finding a Tzaddik who's rooted in Hashem. And that's the Parah, Ben Poras Yosef. And he's Roya as Echov, and he's the one who is going to preserve the wealth no matter what. So the Samashkim realizes, I did something very, very evil. It's all his fault, okay? And I want to bring you to Kehelas Perik Hey. And soon we're going to get back to Parai Choilein. So we started with, noted the Samashkim had a dream, didn't help Yosef, but Parai has a dream that helps Yosef. In Kehelis Perik Hey, okay, we spoke a lot about, of course, even tonight we spoke about Perik Dal, we've been speaking about this a lot, but in Kehelis Perik Hey, it talks about dreams, how dreams come with many Indian, and there's a Kehelis Perik Dvarim, of course, the Belach Zakhinuk Sil, and there it says in Pazit Gimel that when you take a vow to God, don't delay it. 
So I maintain that the Sarah Mashkim, who's supposed to repay Yosef, who stands in front of Kim, he was over about to Acher, right? And if we exil. And then, Pazake, so this confirms it, supports it, confirms it, but it very much supports it in that Falam Sukim. Don't put yourself in a position where you have to say, See, if the Saramashka would have walked out of jail on the Vyom who led us and said, I want to tell you about Yosef, he wouldn't have had to mention any Chatoim, right? He wouldn't have had to bring up, because everyone knows he just got out of jail. It's because two years later he's mentioning, he's bringing up some old sin that he, do, that he did, that's he has to be Maska as Chait. And, he and he's being Maska the Chait of Baltaacher. I should have told you about Yosef right away. You're raising Ketzef upon yourself by saying, by being, by being Ma'achir We need Yosef who's your Elikim. And then the Pasuk says, If you see in a country, the rush, the impoverished person being abused, Oishik, and you see the abuse, the gazel of, of justice and righteousness. So it's a very strange thing. How is it that just people suffer evil? Al tisma alachefetz. Don't be shocked. Why shouldn't you be shocked? Ki gavoya me'al gavoya shemru gavoya malehim. Because there's a great hierarchy of, of officialdom. And petty officials might sometimes um, not not do their duty. And they might be Oishik the Rosh. Remember, Yosef is the Rosh. And sometimes the lower officials in the kingdom might be Oishik the Rosh. And they might not do Mishpat Tzedek. But don't worry, because there's a hierarchy. And eventually it reaches the king. And the king is the one who has to do the Mishpat. Now, by the way, the next Pasuk talks about the Biskut Eretz Bakoil, who Melech Lesoda Neva, the Melech is a slave to the Soda. Yosef is going to make the, put the Melech in his place. And Oyev Kesef, Lo Yisba Kesef. There's a lack of Sava and this Kesef. We spoke about those second. But back to that Pasuk. So the Pasuk is like this. Don't be shocked that the righteous person suffers and the rush gets abused because eventually the king, who's the Gavoyim Alehem, he's the highest office, he will eventually write all the Oishek and Gezel that's in the Medina. So that's what's happening in our parsha. The Saramash has a dream, and the Rosh Yosef is Neshak. He doesn't get what he deserves. Shocking. How could that be? Altisma. Ki, eventually it's going to reach the king. Till now is only the petty sarim. A sar doesn't necessarily do the right thing. But when it, when finally, here the buck stops here. And this is when Yosef is eventually going to be freed. So what happens is, when Pari had a dream, basically Sahamashkim realized that, oh, I messed up. And it's coming back to haunt me. Sahamashkim is not just a good guy here. He's not like, okay, I'm a good guy and I'm going to do Pari a favor, but I'm going to be polite. Sahamashkim is in big trouble. When he says, he's really in big trouble. He's in big trouble by raising it, but he's in big trouble if he doesn't raise it because everything that's happening here is... Yosef is coming out of the river to haunt him. The pirate coming out of the river is Yosef's ghost. That the Saramashkin knows, I am bringing the whole downfall of Mitzrayim because 
I didn't do what it takes to save Mitzrayim, right? So until it gets to the king, Yosef, who's actually the salvation of Mitzrayim, is not going to be saved. And that's a major problem. And it's all my fault. It's all the Samashkin's fault, okay? So that's the uh, parichon. Okay. And I want to just, go, to end, I want to just go through Yeshaya Parak, your test, because I want to show you how, how in fact, um, what is what the parallels are to Yeshaya Parak, your test. Um, and it relates to what we're talking about, forgetting God. In Yeshaya Parakites, it talks about Hashem going to be riding on a cloud and come to Mitzrayim, and the Elilim of Mitzrayim are going to be trembling. <coughs> so, ideas like this. Hashem rides on a cloud because Hashem controls the rain. The Elilim of Mitzrayim are represented by the river. They don't need clouds, right? So when the river fails them, that's symbolized by Hashem coming on a cloud. And that's, by the way, what Mikamech Nedar Bakodesh means. I think that Hashem's nedar, Hashem's adirim, water is associated with adirim, mayim adirim, and the Gemara and Sukkah says water is hydra, of course, creates hadar. So Hashem is nedar by Kaidish because his water comes from Kaidish, comes from the heavens. And Micham Ba'elim, none of the gods are like him, like the Pasuk says over here, he's coming on a cloud, and the Elilim of Mitzrayim are afraid of him. So to an Parsha, the Elilim of Mitzrayim represented by the Ur because they forgot Hashem. And then it continues and talks about Pare is not going to, um, the Mitzvah are not going to be able to go, go, go to Eitzah, the, the, which is, happens in our Pasha where no one could explain the dream to Pare. The river dries up. And as we spoke about the Pasuk, the Yor and Piha Yor. And again, the Sorei Tzayan don't know the Eitzah. How could you say Yechacham? And where's Yechachma? You don't know what Hashem has been Yoyetz on Mitzrayim, right? Hashem has a plan for Mitzrayim and nobody knows it. No Yalu only like in our parasha, only Yosef knows it. Okay. Um, and there it ends. It says, oh, and it, it talks about two, two more points. It says, Then eventually there's going to be ten, five cities in Mitzrayim that talk the language of Canaan. Of course, we have Yosef who goes out to the land of Mitzrayim and Sfasli Adati Eshma and the whole thing about the language do they understand the language of Yosef? Do they not? Eventually, in Mitzrayim, they're going to speak the Sfas Kenan, and there the Pasuk talks about they're going to know Hashem. So, the forgetting Yosef is forgetting Hashem, is forgetting God, and therefore, now Mitzrayim has to be brought down. And the Elilim of Mitzrayim has to be brought down, which is represented by the Yor, <coughs> and Hashem's Mulucha, of course, is represented by the rain. So, um, in order for Mitzrayim to get to know Hashem, this is what has to happen. Miketz Shnasayim Yom.